This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Thursday, January 9th, 2020, and of course, the news is always changing and always coming out. We've been calming our, everything down from the missiles a couple of days ago. Market didn't seem to bother the market at all. I mean, market was up again pretty strong today, so market could care less. You know, I, I've always thought that the market is smarter than individual people. They seem, they seem to, you know, instinctively know. I don't know. Maybe it's just the group of all the investors just kind of know what's going to happen, what's going on. I don't know. Before it happens, I don't know. Anyways, if you're a serious investor, you got to really take a look at your portfolio. Even regardless of what it does on a day-to-day basis, you want to keep it balanced. This is the time of the year, the end of the December, beginning of January, time of the year that you look at the portfolio and see if anything's you know out of out of whack. If you know you've had a very good year in some stocks and a bad year in others, that means your your balance is off. So what do you do? Do you buy more of the stuff that went down, or do you sell off some of the one up or a combination of both? You just want to keep it in balance as best you can. I mean, you don't want to. You don't want to, there's an old saying, don't uh, cut your, uh, water your weeds and cut your flowers. In other words, just because it's going up, it doesn't mean you, you cut back. And just because it's going down and it's gotten to be a better value, doesn't mean you just buy it. But, you know, there are, there are that's why, that's why you got to know what you're, what you're, what you're investing in. You got to know the strengths of the companies that you're in. Anyway, so take a look at your portfolios. And if you don't want to do it, I'll do it for you. Be happy to do it. So, I'm Steve Peasley. I thank you for joining me today. And I hope you will call me. You know, this is a call-in show. And, you know, with your questions. Or if you can't call live, because we're live Monday through Friday, 4 to 5. I'm live right now. You can always leave a question on our answering line. And we'll, we'll, we'll answer that question on the next show. We tried to do it anyways, depending on how many calls we have to answer. So... You know, when you call, you you kind of take charge of the direction of the show. It's up to you. So wherever you want to go with it, as long as it's financial, I'm I'm okay. Okay, so and of course the goal is always the same: financial freedom. You know, trying to instead of working for the dollar, let the dollar work for you. That means you got to get a bunch of dollars together, and you got to have that money earn money. That's what that means. That's the goal for everybody. Now, today, I'm going to do my best to help you get on that financial freedom path, but now I can only help you. You have to tell me what you need to know. I mean, I'll give you information, but I don't know if it's information that you want. How you ensure that it's information you want, you call me and ask a question. 888-99-CHART is the number, 888-992-4278. Okay, and I'm sure you've heard about you know me coming out to Dallas and New York. This month, uh, I'll be in Dallas on January 24th. I'm meeting people to take a look at their portfolio, see if KPP can't help you with with your your managing your your accounts, or if you just want some guidance, that's okay too. So on the 24th, I'll be in Dallas. I think I have one slot left in Dallas. It's pretty tight. I'm not even sure if I have that. So if you're interested, you really you know kind of jump on. In New York on the 28th and 29th. Uh, that's Tuesday and Wednesday. I have a, a couple of three slots open, so we're still still have the bill availability there. 
But don't wait around. What is it? The ninth today, and I'll be there in 20 days, 20, 19 days, I'll be in New York. So you don't have that much time to set up an appointment. So send me an email. Contact me. Go to investtalk.com. Do something. Get in contact with me. Okay? Um, what else? My main talking point today. A Trump win in 2020 could reshape housing markets across America. Now, I'm not convinced of that, but there's some statistics that's hard to refute, and that's what I want to share with you. Okay? And let's say that in the 2016 presidential election, that may have influenced home-building activity in some areas of the country, more than other areas. So I'm going to explain that in the main talking point. How about a rare event has driven big tech stocks? A rare event has driven big tech stocks. What's that rare event? And what is that? Will it stop? Okay. And also, uh, reasons to be bullish on the market and reasons to be cautious on the market. I got four of each. And we can just talk about them a little bit. And did you hear about Taco Bell's announcement today? If you didn't, I will talk about that today. It's kind of interesting. You know, most fast most people think fast food planes, fast food chains don't pay very much money. Well, they don't. They they really don't for the workers. You know, the the workers working the the front end, but the managers. Hmm. So Taco Bell made an announcement about what they're going to pay them. So let's talk about that. And I'm going to compare that with what In-N-Out does. Uh, In-N-Out is a hamburger place, mostly up West Coast, everybody. Uh, West Coast of the United States. And um, they pay a lot more, the managers. And even the the front-end desk people, the the front-counter people, they pay them a lot more than other fast food restaurants. It's kind of interesting. And they're extremely successful. Anyways, that's what we're going to talk about today. The market, the Dow is up 212 points today, the NASDAQ is up 74, and the S&P up 22. The market is now overbought, what we call, technically speaking, overbought. It's an overbought to territory. And what that means is it's gone up too fast in a too short a period of time, and so it's just too much excitement. And what happens is that excitement will wane because some people are going to start thinking, oh, I better take some profits. The traders will go in there and start taking profits and now to pull it back down. So I'm expecting to have some weakness sometime in the next few weeks. I do not expect it to be that weak. I think you buy the weakness, really, if you want to know the tr- truth. Um, anyways, so give me a call. We're ready for your questions. I'm really want, I really want to talk to you. Our number is 888-99-CHART. Hi, I'm a 22-year-old that's looking to invest with a couple thousand. Wondering if I should get my family members involved. Do you think trading with a few people would be a good idea in terms of, of growth? Thank you. I'm not sure if he asked a question in there. He wanted to get his family involved? Well, I think... I think it's a great idea. I have trouble getting my family involved. I have a big family, and boy, I wish they would listen to me a little bit more. I've got some brother-in-laws and sister-in-laws are getting older, my age, and they do not have the money saved. The sooner you start, if you can talk, I had an email yesterday, and someone said, uh, someone told me, I have got my daughter who's 20 years old 
to invest in the stock market and I'm wondering what she should buy. And I'm thinking, my first thought, you got a 20-year-old that that agreed to put money in the stock market? Because if you can get people starting that young, they'll be very well off if they just invest and leave it alone, not take it out and spend it. They will be very well off in retirement. I mean, how many people in their early 20s are really investing in the market? Very, very few. They're spending all their money. Now, granted, they don't make a lot of money usually at that age, but if they can just save a little bit and just invest it, they'd be a lot better off, a lot better off. So how to talk people into it? Well, one of the best ways I can do is is I tell people, what are you interested in? What do you like to do? You like to go to movies? Disney has over 50% of all the movie production out there. Maybe you should buy Disney. D-I-S. Or do you like, uh, what do you like? Do you like going, I don't know, uh, do you like uh, going shopping? Where do you shop? How much online shopping do you do? Well, maybe you should buy Amazon or some other online shopping. You know, it's just, you can try to identify what the person's interested in and tell them there's companies that they could buy because of that. I don't know. It's difficult. It's difficult to get people to invest that don't want to. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, I believe every investor should determine their own individual risk tolerance. We talk about that every day. And to do that, you can just go to our uh, Riskalyze tool on investtalk.com. It will gauge your risk tolerance. It gives you a score between 0 and 100. Okay, 80 is the S&P 500, the risk of the S&P 500 in the same software. So, you know, take the personalized question, it comes to the questionnaire, it comes to me, I get to know your score, I respond and give you some information, and then, you know, if you can send me, if you want, you can send me a portfolio, and I'll put that in the software, and we, you know, can determine how much risk you're taking versus how much you want to take, and it gauges that. It's a very interesting tool. But now, I'm ready for your calls, so give me a call at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. We're in a new year and the markets have already shown some volatility, but you can remain calm. Steve Peasley is here, ready to answer your questions and provide his unbiased investing guidance. The phone lines are open, so call now. 888-99 chart. 888-992-4278. That's our number, 888-99-CHART. So give me a call. Now, here's a question we I, I think about every day. How is our economy doing? Well, how is it? Do you know? I mean, uh, this is one of the areas I study. And the reason why I do that is I'm always in search of the next recession. I don't fear the next recession. It doesn't bother me that's coming. I just want to know when. And that's pretty hard to determine. But you do get some heads up. Remember, you remember right, last year, a year ago today, a year ago this month, I was saying, you know what, uh, looks like we might go into recession later this year or in 2020 because the Federal Reserve was raising interest rates. And then they turned it around and started lowering them all of a sudden. They just, well, when they were raising interest rates, you could see that the market, I mean, the economy was slowing. The economy started to slow in different parts, especially the manufacturing with the issues with China. And I, I was saying then, they got to stop lowering rates. 
I mean, increasing rates. If they don't stop, I think the one they did in December, I said on the air that it was too much. It's going gonna, it's gonna to cause us to go into recession. But then they did a 180 and started lowering rates. Okay. So now they're still, then a month, two months ago, they started doing QE. They started their balance sheet. Uh, they're starting to build back up their balance sheet. So they didn't call it QE, by the way. They said they're not. Their actions are, they're doing what a QE action is, and that's buying bonds. The Federal Reserve is buying bonds. They're, so that tells me, oh, our recession probably won't come this year. I doubt it come this year. Probably not next year. But, of course, you can't look out much further than that. So I'm always on the lookout for what's going to happen in the economy. Always, always, always. Because I know how that if a recession affects our, our stock holdings dramatically. So if I can hedge a little bit when I know that, I ha- you know, notice I'm he- I say hedge a little bit. You don't ever get out unless you're just fed up with the market and you want to be much more conservative. Then you get out. But you, know, you never get out because you can't time it. It's just impossible. Anyways. Okay. My main talking point today, you know, is about Trump. And, and and reshaping the housing market. So we're going to get to that, I think. I'm hoping to get to that pretty soon. Gold was higher today, higher yesterday, but was down today, down $11 today. But it's at $1,549 an ounce. You think you would think gold with a booming economy and booming stock market, usually the gold goes up when the market goes down, but it's more driven by the dollar, inflation, and fear. And so it went up the other day because of the missiles shot off by Iran and gold went up. And then as everything's calmed down, gold came back down today. But you'll notice it's been moving up in the last couple of weeks. A few weeks it's been moving up. So I think that might continue. I do. Oil spiked to $65, but then came right back down to 59 So that that's good. I, yeah, I, no one's really worried about what's going on in the Middle East. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and let me remind you that the Invest Talk radio program and its podcast replays provide a daily dose of market news with unbiased commentary by me and Justin. And we have a fairly new offering. Invest Talk Academy is an online training class covering a wide variety of financial investment subjects. And they do it in depth, by the way. You can learn more at investtalkacademy.com. We are headed into a break, and then I'm taking your questions now at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's go ahead and talk. take a call from Jamie in Palo Alto. How are you doing, Jamie? I'm doing good. How about yourself, Steve? Thanks for taking my call. Pretty good. I can't comp- um, well, I appreciate you calling, and you know, thank you, for, thank you for it. I really do. I, you want to talk about Target? Yes, uh, I got in last year. I think I got very lucky. I got in on the mid sixties. Uh, it went up to almost one thirty. But I've seen lately on the past, in the beginning of the year, even though the market is going up, it actually is going down. 
So, right. um, do I buy more or do I sell some of my gains and then make I, a little I, profit? Okay. What would you recommend? I'd probably, I'd probably take a little profit here. I, I wouldn't buy more. Uh, it did very, very well for you and it's done very well. I, I've, I actually like it quite a bit. Um, but the problem I problem I see is now there's the valuations. You know, um, it's going it, to, it, I like Target a lot, okay? Target TGT, you know, and they have what? 1,844 Target, Super Target and City Target stores and they're building more. They're expanding the growth of earnings is 19% this year, 8% next year. Sales growth is about 5% per quarter. And so it's not a huge grower, but it's consistent. It's really consistent. So the PE range is 10 to 21. And right now the PE stands at about 20. So I'm thinking, boy, it, it's going to be tough. I don't, I wouldn't get out, but I might take some off the table because when you bought it, the PE was probably closer to around 12 or so. Because I know where you right. bought it, so now the PE has gone up because the stock price has gone up. The earnings are going up, but they're not going up fast as fast as the stock price. So, Jamie, it's a great company, great blue chip company to have in your portfolio, but you probably might want to trim a little bit here. Don't buy more; you'd be smarter to trim. Okay. Okay. And now, can I just ask you just one more about taxes that goes with this? I've never sold any stocks, sure. so if I sell them, this is when I will pay taxes at the end of the year, right? Right. What happens now, if you've had it, have you had owned the Target for a year or more? Uh, yes. Well, no, I bought it in okay. January last year, so it technically is a year now. Okay, then don't sell it until it's one year plus one day. Because then it will go to long-term capital gains versus short-term capital gains. Short-term capital gains is taxed at your ordinary income tax rate, whatever that is. Long-term capital gains is 20%. So if you're in a very low tax bracket, then you can sell it now. Not who cares? But if you're in a higher tax bracket, you want to get the you want to get the lower rate for the capital gains. But you won't have to worry about it till next year, even if you sell it now. Not paying the taxes anyways. Okay. Okay. So just pay attention. What, what day in January, and then wait one day after that to sell it. it. Sell back if you want to. Appreciate the call. Target everybody. My main talking point today concerns the implications of this report. A Trump win in 2020 could reshape housing markets. What what, what are we talking about there? Well, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know how how true it will be, but the last presidential election with with Trump getting in, they've done a study and they see that since the 2016 presidential election, counties that voted for President Trump have seen stronger housing markets than those that voted for Hillary Clinton. And this is as measured by the volume of single-family building permits. Okay, so how much? Well, between October 16, to th- October 2016 to October 2019, Trump counties experienced a one and a half percent pickup in single-family building permits, whereas Clinton counties reported an eight and a half percent decrease. So, if Trump gets reelected, will that boost the Trump counties that elected him? If the Democrats a Democrat gets in, will that mean that that will help? The Democrat counties, 
Now, I don't, I, I think it's a lot more complicated than that, by the way. I think it has a lot more to do with the tax cuts and where they, where the tax cuts uh, benefited mostly were probably in Trump counties, where they hurt probably in Clinton counties. Why? Because it reduced tax benefits from high-tax states. Where are the high-tax states? On the coasts. Where are the Democrats' strongest? On the coasts. So I think that has more to do with the tax cuts than anything else. Notice, uh, I find it interesting that those tax cuts benefited Trump supporters a lot more than they benefited Hillary supporters. Mm -hmm. I guess we expect that. If Hillary got in, then she would have done something to help her voters a lot more than, you know, Republican voters. I think that's just the way it is, everybody. So we have to accept it and deal with it. Now, as investors, we tend to quantify companies in terms of their market cap valuation. But one of the reasons that big companies do well is the aggregate value of their global brand name, the brand. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. What are the top 10 global names as ranked by brand value? And which brand is on the list of number 100, by the way? So I'll give you that some information. I'll have the answer for you after the break. But now we're taking your we're taught we're taking your market and financial questions live right now. 888-99 chart. Numbers are elusive. It's about 5% of my overall portfolio. They're always changing. I have uh, about like $3,000, I would say. On InvestTalk, the focus is on numbers that affect our listeners. We took uh, 20% out to buy a property, investment property. InvestTalk listeners know it's all about the numbers. Am I going to get cheaper mortgage rates if I wait till the end of the year? So the questions keep coming. Let's talk to Cindy in San Jose. How are you doing, Cindy? Hi, Steve. Thank you for taking my call. From every part of America. I wanted to ask you guys about adding to my positions in these two names right now. Should I sell it and take the profit? Steve Peasley and Justin Klein analyze the complex patterns in those numbers and do their very best to decipher the potential meanings. Really learned a lot from you guys. Independent thinking, shared success. InvestTalk.com This is InvestTalk. And now more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Steve is here. He's taking your calls live. Step up with your questions now. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Now, before the break, I asked a trivia question. What are the top 10 global names, brand names? And, you know, the value of a brand is can be computed and it has been computed for many, 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 many years by a company, uh, that by a particular company uh, that does this, okay? Uh, well, I'm trying to find the name for you. Um, names, author of brand value. Interbrand, there it is. Interbrand is a name. They've been doing it for 40 years, okay? And and they value the brand. Here's the top five. Apple's number one. Now, these are trillion-dollar companies. Apple is number one. It says $214 billion of their trillion-dollar companies due to their brand. Google says $155, number two. Amazon is $100 billion. Microsoft is $92 billion. Notice the first four are all tech kind of stocks. 
The fifth one, used to be the number one brand, is Coca-Cola, $66 billion. Okay, so note that the, the top seven out of the ten are companies founded in the United States. Now, which company holds the distinction of being number 100 on the list? Subaru. Their value, uh, brand value is about $4 billion. So if Coca-Cola brand is number six on the list with the company having been founded in 1892, that's 127 years ago, where's Pepsi? Well, Pepsi brand is is number 22. Now that company founded in 1898. Now think think how long those ago that is, Coca-Cola and Pepsi versus, versus the top, which are Apple, Google, Amazon, Microsoft, and Coca-Cola. After Coca-Cola is Samsung, number six, Toyota, number seven, Mercedes, number eight, Facebook, number nine, and number 10 is McDonald's. Interesting, huh? So the brand, your brand is important. The brand that you want to develop for your company, whatever company it is. Even if you're a small company, you want to be known as what? You want to be known as what? The top produce a top cutting edge company in your industry or being super honest what do I want what do I want my brand to be my specific KPP financial you know what I want I want people to think of KPP as being very honest straightforward uh, will put his money where its mouth is will buy the same things as his clients do they're honest and straightforward they don't that's what I want my brand to be that I want people to think of that when they think of my company. And I'm just a little company. I'm no big deal. But I still have a brand. Every company has a brand. Now, how good, you know, what, what part, how, kind of brand do you want to have? Anyways, let's go to Cherie in San Mateo. Hi, Cherie. How you doing? Hi, Steve. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I appreciate the call. Thank you. So I have a question on uh, this stock uh, named uh, D P as in Paul W Holdings. I bought twenty shares okay. and uh, it's been going down. So I wanted to know if I should sell it or keep it or what's the fate of the stock. Well, I don't like it uh, because it doesn't make money. You know that. You've listened to me a long time, Sheree. You know my feelings on companies that don't make money, right? <laughs> okay, this is a very small company. <laughs> I mean, the market cap. Yeah, the market has $4.9 million. Uh, it's very, very small. Um, they have sales were, were strong a year ago, but when I say strong, they were, you know, 300, 3 million, 3.5 million to 5 million to 7 million to 8 million a year ago. Now they're back down to 6.4 million now per quarter. So their sales have been falling. So that, of course, means the stock is going to fall, right? I mean, it's just going to happen. The stock is at $1.52, so it's a penny stock. So, uh, frankly, uh, uh, I don't like these kinds of stocks. It doesn't mean you can't take a shot at them, but you got to be ready to prepared to lose all your money on these things, you know, uh, because it's very risky, very risky. They don't make any money. Not gonna, they're probably not going to make any money next year either. They're losing a lot of money, lots of money per share. So um, I think with this little bump up, you take you, you take the take the money and you run personally, Cherie. Okay, 
Thanks for the call. It's DW Holdings. What do they do? Manufacture power supply, power conversion, packaging, labor, uh, labor, laboratory testing, surgical and imaging equipment. I like this. I like the area. I like the sector, but they're really, really tiny and not growing now. So I don't care for that at all. Okay. Thanks for the call. DPW. Market cap of $4.9 million. I mean, geez, that's nothing. Nothing. Okay. Um, okay. A rare event has driven big tech stocks up. And I'm talking about money flow. What is the rare event? Okay. When we study money, money flow, there's there's about lots of data. You, how you want to study it, you study it by segments, Okay. Um, and the segments, depending on how big the companies are, small companies, mid-sized companies, large companies, we even break it more than that. Matter of fact, there's 33 segments that we break it down to. And what you're seeing is all 33 segments, this is what's very unusual, all three, 33 mon- uh, segments of money flow, all of them are positive. That's pretty darn rare. That tells you the market is being momentum-driven, not necessarily by individual stocks and by earnings for this company or this sector. No, everything, money flow is flowing in. However, that would worry me, but it's not an extreme on any of those segments. There's no extreme yet. So if it was an extreme, then you know, okay, Maybe the big companies got way ahead of them, or the small companies, or the medium-sized companies, or the micro-companies. Maybe they're getting ahead of where they should go based on money flow, you know. So, But there's no extremes to tell us that they got ahead. It's just kind of a consistent growth of money flow into all the segments. It's rare that it's all of them rare. That's the rare event. Super, super rare. But it's interesting. I don't know what it means for you and me, but it means a lot of money is pouring into the market. That's what it means. Because remember, a lot of money is probably sitting on the sidelines. Everybody's worried last year. By the way, and I don't exclude myself. I, I, I got money to invest. I still do. So, I'm C.P. Peasley. You're listening to Invest Talk. And 2019 was a pretty darn good year for Invest Talk and KPP Financial and for other for other. Uh, for the stock market in general. Our podcast, we're just talking, if we look at just that, we're, it, we got very popular last year, which is great. And Justin, I want to thank you for that. So please be sure to tell your friends. We still want to keep that momentum going if we can. Tell your friends, family members about Invest Talk and about what we do here. We try to help everybody. We really do make an effort to do that. So we have a good number of resources available to assist people. You know, to build a better financial future for themselves. And of course, you can call our Irvine, California office directly, and you can always leave your investment and market questions on our anytime listener line. We'll answer all questions. I do that. You talk to anybody that has sent me an email or asked me questions, I will help them. I will help you. So, now, of course, my time is always limited, but I still take time out to do it. Now, you also can visit uh, investtalk.com if you want to you know, make an appointment to meet with me. I'll be in New York and Dallas this month. Or you can meet me in the Irvine office, you know, me or Justin. So for now, we're live on the radio at 888-99-CHART. You can call and ask your questions. This is Invest Talk. 
Steve Peasley has added two new portfolio review trips to his schedule. Steve will be in Dallas, Texas on Friday, January 24th, and he'll return to New York City for two days, Tuesday and Wednesday, January 28th and 29th. These are no-cost and no-obligation consultations. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. Steve and Justin welcome your investing questions, and the phone lines are open Call 888-99-CHART. Uh, hey, Steve. How you doing? Uh, love the show. My wife and I, I'm 38. My wife is 34. Uh, we have a son due in April. Very excited. We are just kind of getting started uh, investing for ourselves. So our retirement is not at all uh, fully settled or buttoned up yet. Um, we have a mortgage that we very easily afford, and we have a good lifestyle. Uh, we do live frugally. We don't uh, spend a lot. So we are consistently investing uh we're maximally contributing to our own iras and uh we have some etfs through a website called Wealthfront that we're uh contributing a, a significant portion to also but um for people like us who we don't have our own retirement in order yet but of course we also want to plan for our child's college so we're interested in doing a 529 but if you know if the couple doesn't have their own retirement settled is it wise to divert resources money to a 529 i hope that makes sense i guess the side question is if a grandparent has started a 529 for one's child and then the couple themselves want to contribute should they contribute to that 529 the grandparent has opened or should they open their own 529 for the child thank you i hope you can help me out with uh, some good advice like you always do have a great day thanks well, you don't want to open up two 529 plans uh, for your child. One is plenty, so you would contribute to the grandparents' 529. Okay, that's what I would do. But you do also, be even stepping back from that, your first main question was, well, are, about your own retirement uh, uh, retirement uh, investments. And I would focus on those before my child. And people ask me, well, why do you do that? that you know, that everybody loves their children. Of course they do. I'm not, not a good one. But they also want to help their children. And of course you do. I don't disagree with that either. But I, look, I tell them this way. Okay, think about it. If you don't take care of yourself in retirement, that means you're going to burden your children with it. Correct? I have a personal experience with this. So if you don't take care of your retirement for you, your child is going to have to pay for you. So focus on that first, and I don't think you should necessarily not put money in the 520 plan plan. I think you should. I think you should do both, but focus on you first, okay? So it's not had anything to do with not wanting to help or support your children. My philosophy is always you want to take care of yourself so you don't become a burden on your children in your old age. And, you know, you probably will anyways because, you know, we get, you know, dependent. Uh, but you don't want to be dependent financially. You know, as your child is growing up and has his own family and here they have to support you financially, so take care of yourself now so that doesn't happen. That's my opinion. And, of course, I'm sure there are people that would disagree with me, but I think I'm right. I base it on what I see in my very large family that I have. I see what's going on. Okay, 888-99-CHART. So reasons to be bullish on the market and 
reasons to be bearish or cautious on the market. Here's the bullish reasons, okay? Bullish. The Fed is loosening. The Fed is, this is a big thing. The Fed is doing a kind of a quasi-QE. They're not going to raise rates. They've lowered the rates. So that's important. GDP is steady, and it's going to be probably 2% this year. Again, so the economy is still going to go. Earnings for corporation is probably going to improve. Improve. Their, their comparisons for last year will probably be better this year. And consumers have jobs, plenty of jobs, low unemployment. They're spending. They're happy and content. Houses are going up. Their 401k is going up in value. Oh, they're all happy. That's reasons to be bullish. Reasons to be bearish. The Middle East could blow up any minute, right? We never know what's going to happen there. Overvaluation. The stock market is already overvalued. How much overvalued is it going to get before it rolls over? Okay. Um... Slow growth in the world, the economy around the world is still growing very slow. Some places are shrinking still. And inflation looks to be picking up. That will be a problem at some point. So those are the two sides of the coin. You know, I didn't even mention China and the trade deal because I think that kind of is settled for the year. I don't think we're going to get any more... Uh, discussion about trade till after the election. You know, they have the partial deal, and that's probably about it. So we're just going to have to accept that. Okay, uh, in previous years, after a military escalation in the Middle East, we almost always expect oil to jump. Well, things have changed. The cost of oil is dropping about $60 per barrel this morning, why? De-escalation messages from the White House and a large supply of oil, and we are the largest producer of oil, and we're, we're actually using less gasoline as a country. Oil and storage, 1.1 million barrels in inventory, more than expected. That was out today. The Energy Information Administration, EIA, crude oil inventories measures the weekly change in the number of barrels of commercial crude oil held by U.S. firms. The level inventories influences the price of petroleum products, which can have an impact on inflation. We have plenty of oil. Now, if the increase in crude inventory is more than expected, it kind of implies demand is bearish for crude prices, right? The company... So, also, the United States gasoline inventories soared by 9 million barrels gasoline compared to the expectation of a 2.7 million barrels increase. They were just not using as much, yet our economy is still pretty strong. Interesting stats. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. And of course, our, our work continues after this break, so get your questions in ready to go. 888 99 chart. You are listening to Invest Talk. 2019 is in the record books, and we are now into a new year and a new decade. The health of your financial future may depend on the decisions you start making now in 2020. Steve Peasley is here, ready to provide his unbiased investment guidance. The phone lines are open, and Steve is taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART. 
Okay, 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Bob in Concord. How you doing, Bob? Yeah, hi. Uh, I'm doing great. And yourself? I'm doing very good. I appreciate the call and I uh, appreciate listening to the show. Yeah, the uh, the question I, I had for you is, uh, you know, I, I've been investing different ways in the market, uh, a little bit of option trading, uh, doing some longs and... Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, just with, uh, craziness, a little bit of, in, in the market today, uh, what's a good mm-hmm. way to invest in, in gold just as like a insurance, like a little bit of a, a safety factor? Okay. I kind of, I, I kind of like that. I do have some of myself and, and one or two of my programs that I have, some gold. Uh, the best way, best way I like to do it, uh, for me, I, I actually buy the gold mining companies. But for most people that can't do all the research and everything they need to do, uh, GDX is an ETF for gold miners. And GLD is the ETF for the actual gold price. And I think it's like uh, 10% of the actual gold price, GDL, GLD. GLD is the gold, and GDX is the gold miners index. So those two, I like, the, I like GDX better than the actual gold uh, as far as movement. Uh, if you're going to try to get a better return, I think that will probably work better. Uh, but that's the the two hedges you could use without having to do all the research to find the actual mine, you know, the actual mining companies. That would be my suggestion, Bob. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Brandon in Mill Valley. How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing good, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Thank you. I'm I'm asking about uh, FMCC, the Fannie Mae. Uh, what you think about? What might happen with that security? Actually, I think it's going to hold up pretty well this year. Uh, Federal Home Loan Mortgage Corporation purchases home mortgages and funds them in the capital markets using mortgage-backed securities. So their earnings have been kind of erratic over the years, and I don't really care for that. They don't pay that much of a dividend, so I don't really care for that. I I really don't care for this uh, security. I don't care for this stock because you can get better returns if you're looking for dividends from many other sources. I mean, oil companies, telephone companies, you can get a lot better return. And, uh, you know, this is relying on, you know, the, the financial mortgage industry. Uh, and, I'm, you know, it's the area that I just don't think, I just don't think they ever do very good. I don't. I don't think they do good enough to be in that sphere. So, and, you know, they, 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 they haven't had much growth in the recent years. One quarter they grow a lot. Another quarter they shrink. And, you know, just doesn't just doesn't warm my heart. Brandon. So I'd probably stay away from it. FMCC is the symbol, everybody. Taco Bell. Taco Bell announced that they're going to start paying their managers. They're going to test it, test it, paying their managers $100,000. Okay. They're going to see why they're testing this. I don't know. It used to be their, their managers would get between fifty and 80000 Now they're going to bump up to 100000 in and out Burger out here on the West Coast, which is a large chain growing fast, they pay their managers up to $160,000 a year. $160,000 to be a manager of an in and out Burger. 
Now, if you don't know the phenomenon out here, In-N-Out Burger is just lions and extremely popular. Low cost, good good hamburgers. Yeah, but and their menu is very simple. But they do work their employees very hard. But the employees, listen, they get top dollar here for a fast food counter person. It's pretty good wages. They start start them out at fifteen dollars an hour. Start them. So they pay their counter people a lot and they manage a lot, but they will also work them hard. So don't think they don't. But I don't know. That Taco Bell is going to test this in certain company stores. $100,000. Yeah. I think they should pay him $100,000. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. I will return tomorrow with highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter. In the meantime, please tell your friends and family members that I will be traveling to Dallas and New York, and if they want to meet with me, New York City, now's the time to make the appointment. Okay, uh, I think they could benefit. I really do. No cost, portfolio reviews, take a look at their portfolios, and if I can help them, we can. So don't wait. Got to register. Send me an email. Anyway, this is Invest Talk. Uh, you can go to investtalk.com. This is Invest Talk, everybody. Thank you very much, and have a great evening. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.